Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start by saying thank you so much, listeners, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. We also want to say thank you to our sponsors who provide so much support for us. If you manage to kill that dream whitetail buck or maybe that bull sprig, check out Whitetail Class- Classics Taxidermy, owned by Jody Schultz out of Louisville, Nebraska. Basically can put together whatever you can dream up. So check them out at whitetailclassicstaxidermy.com or his Facebook and if you want to talk to him today or book something, call him at 402-630-0031. Next up is Spores Wet Basement Solutions. Their services include water damage and crack repairs, landscaping, concrete driveways, grading, and more. Their recommendations provide solutions that are a long-term and not temporary fix. They do it right the first time. If you want additional information, you can check out spores.com or contact them at 402-476-8588. If you're like me and like to drive your wife nuts every season with a new duck or goose, call right, baby. Yep. Pretty much. Call, uh, check out B. Hoover Custom Calls. Brent Hoover out of North Pot, Nebraska is one of the best that comes around. He actually uh, got second at Best of Show at NWTF Nationals. Awesome guy. Personal friend of the family. Actually helped my dad harvest his bull elk. He specializes in wood, duck, and goose calls, turkey pots, dog whistles, and shotgun shell teal whistles. Awesome guy. Check him out at behoovercustomcalls.com. If your vehicle gets disgusting like my husband does during hunting season, (laughs) check out Dirty Devil Detailing. They do interior and exterior detailing as well as headlight restoration and more. They also are certified in glass transparency and take anything from vehicles, boats, jet skis, ATVs, and motorcycles. The devil is truly in the detailing. They're located in Omaha, Nebraska, and if you want additional information, check them out on dirtydevildetailing.com. If you're like me and have taken a few L's here this early season and wow, 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 pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) If you're like me and taking some L's and you really want that perfect hunt with the buddies and just get out there and enjoy what's going on and have to worry about anything, check out the other guys' outfitters. They do an incredible job of uh, dry field duck and goose hunts. You can check out their pile picks on Facebook. And if you're wanting to book a hunt today, call Crager at 308. 637-7777. If you're needing some professional photography done, check out My Business Faithful Images. Our mission is to faithfully capture images of God's creation in time that will one day serve as a memory. We do anything from infants, couples, families, seniors, weddings, announcements, and more. Check it out at faithfulimages.org or on Instagram and Facebook. If you're ever sitting there during COVID and thought to yourself, I really need to get on that dream hunt. I don't know. What what's going to happen in life, but I need to get in that dream hunt. Check out Chaku Peru. He does hunts in the U.S., South America, and Europe. If you've seen some of his pics or videos, if you haven't, jump on his Facebook or Instagram. Has some incredible hunts and does some incredible things. Uh, check him out at chakuperu.com for more details. Our last sponsor is Redbeard's Custom Calls. They specialize in acrylic duck and goose calls. Andrew made me one of the a one-of-a-kind marble white and hot pink dunk call. It sounds incredible. It looks amazing. If you want more information, check it out on Facebook. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for the support, and let's go ahead and jump in the podcast.
Welcome back to the Big Red Unders podcast brought to you by the other guys outfitters. I have to say that because Matt is here today. (laughs) 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 But seriously, if you guys are looking for a a field duck or goose hunt, get a hold of Matt. He's got some crazy videos on his Instagram. If If that doesn't get you excited then you're probably in the wrong sport, so just to let you know. But uh, today I got my co-host, Jeremy. How we doing, Jeremy? It's, uh, it's the end of the day. I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> We're just going to leave it at that. He's got not just one, got but two couple, bush apples. A couple drinks in my hand, um, and uh, we're here. And Zeus is real excited to see Gracious you, buddy. Zeus, Zeus uh, and Jeremy are best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> I, and think, then, I think if Shay let uh, me... I probably could take him home because Hunter's like, ah, take him. You are more than welcome to take that dog. <laughs> Poor Zeus. And never bring him back. He's, uh, he's missing a few skirts <laughs> <laughs> and a few bolts. Pretty much everything. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. But uh, how how we doing, Matt? I'm doing good. Um, definitely a busy time of the year for me, so it feels nice to have a few days to just so you got, chill. What, was, what do you all have? You had Canada, and then you got back... And then what else you got going on? So I did Canada, and then I got back, and I pretty much almost immediately had my biggest group of the year, nine, which, um, I'm not going to lie, was my first one on my own, and (laughs) I was sweating bullets, dude. I was, like, texting my buddies, like, dude, I'm I'm nervous, man. Like, I'm nervous, nervous, like, can't (laughs) sleep at night nervous. And they're like, dude, it's it's fine. I mean, you just got to do what you got to do. And uh, miraculously, the first day, Found a feed, gone on it. Um, we hunted the first day, did really well, killed our limit, and it was just like the biggest weight lifted off of my shoulders. Like it's like okay, like I know how to do this. I know how to do it. <laughs> Let's get back to work, and uh, yeah, right. that's pretty much what it's been since. It's been work. Um, it's not been easy. Been putting in lots of miles, lots of miles, lots of miles, lots of uh, greenbacks to get on the birds, but yeah. It is what it is. So what do you re- you were telling me that you're up to what like four pit blind leases now? So um, I actually just landed a few river spots, so I'm up to four blinds on the river, and then I'll have two in the corn, and then besides the two in the corn, we'll just a frame the rest of them. There you go. Once around, but the two in the corn usually are like my best producing ones. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say the pit blind. You guys, I was following you last year. The pit blind. You guys were killing them out of last year. It seemed like. Every day from Thanksgiving to the end of season, you guys were shooting like pretty close to a limit. Same fit, same success. It, was, it, it blew my mind. Like I was watching the story, and every day I'm like, "There's no way they're still killing geese out of that same pit blind." Like, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna talk them up. They have a great guide service. I'm really hopeful to go up there someday, actually. But it is amazing. These guys kill geese like. A crazy amount of geese. Actually. So the best way, the way we did that is, so we had two cornfields. One had like a, we call it the plateau, and it plateaus off. And then the next one is perfectly flat. And Crager, my buddy, knew instantly, like, he farmed for this dude, and he's like, dude, this this one's going to be good. This was two years ago when we very first started. Um, and, like, if you look back, like, our best duck videos of, like, the big giant spins, he basically was like, dude, this one, I know for a fact it's going to be good. I was like, okay. And then one afternoon in November, like a 50-degree day, he took his girlfriend out for her first, like, field duck hunt, just yeah. not really expecting anything to happen. Maybe shoot one, maybe not. 
And that's when he took one of those first videos and he sent it to me. He's like, dude, you got to get here. Like, I told you this. This, <laughs> thing's like, this thing is insane. And so uh, I got down there. It snowed. We killed a limit out of, we basically, it's like six corn circles and we have all six. And so we just bounced from one to the next yeah. hunting them. And the pit last year, how we ended up killing them so like, consistently out of the same pit and it's the same thing the dudes in Colorado do is you if you have two fields side by side and you have one where the x like this is the x is 10,000 bird feed mm-hmm. our pits here and we would just hunt the trap the traffic every day oh, you just count We'd traffic them birds. every single day and so that way when we got done we'd shoot our limit 8 a.m done ready to go home you their probably... feed is the same exact thing as it was the morning before uh. so you shot birds but they're still they're going to be back the next day until that feed gets blown up. When Dive Bomb came out, oh. the feed got blown up. Because there's one kid <laughs> there's one kid that mows this guy's yard all year for free. And out in the country, like, the yard is not small, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, he saw the videos and he thought that uh, I think they probably just thought that they'd out, out hunt him. But, I mean, with two guys in the blind with five world calling champion trophies <laughs> between them, like, uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the X or not. Like, even me like i could be on the x next to those guys and it's not gonna happen yeah like, no they're gonna beat you yeah and it's just it's it'd be like going to the y and seeing lebron james <laughs> literally like literally it'd yeah. be like oh i can take that guy i play a lot of basketball it's like i don't you know i i gotta say this i don't think i think people underestimate the value of calling and like if you can get like two or three guys that are legit especially okay water is one thing but especially field Man, you get two or three guys in there buzzing. Oh, that can work together. See, that's the best thing is like working. Yeah, you know that that it's crazy because in our last podcast we were talking about like late season tips and like yeah. when to call and not to call. And you know what's funny? That video you were showing us earlier, we were having a conversation about how much calling you should do. If you yeah. get four, this was a duck video got for those listening, but they had four or five people calling, and those ducks were eating it up i'm oh, yeah. telling you you get four or five guys in the blind late season just hammering oh my goodness ducks and geese they love oh, yeah it. just love it yeah they kept trying to land out in the middle of this big giant pond and so we basically are just like everybody hammer them until they get all the way here basically yeah but, but yeah, yeah no i it's uh i don't know i honestly have that haven't had that many like good mallard field hunting experiences mm-hmm. i've oh, okay dude. i take this back I have had several clouds of ducks like you, you know, you're talking about. I've had that. But the funny part is, is that those ducks don't show up at the roost around where we goose hunt until like the week before. So if they show up at the right time, we get the right weather, which (laughs) it ain't going to happen this year. I'm just saying it right now. I've been duck hunting for 10 years (laughs) and I've seen it one season where we got the right weather and we had birds before the end of. I mean, we're in the east area of the state, so. They yeah. normally show up, like, the week before hunting season, like, the season's over. Now, this year, it, it ain't, unless it, I'm act of God. Uh, we which, need we need 12 inches of snow and it to hit teens. We won't, <laughs> I, I'm not convinced, I'm not, I act like, I'm probably going to deer hunt until the geese show up. I don't think I'm going to shoot another duck until I go out west in January. Yeah. yeah. I, I straight up don't think I'll shoot another duck this season. I might try, but I don't yeah. think it'll happen. No, I mean, you never. You can get some gaddies. Amen for gaddies. <laughs> but you but know what's crazy? I haven't even, I haven't even seen oh, gaddies no, since the second week of October. 
I haven't. Here's the things that mystify me. Haven't seen Gaddies. Have not seen Widgeon, except a few that we've yeah, killed. Yeah, just a few. And I have not seen a Spoonie this year. Not one. Dude, when I drove Except to Canada, I had a bad feeling about that. Because, dude, when you drive, if you go north and you get over the Ni- the bridge of, like, Niobrara where it meets the Missouri right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And you get over there, all those potholes, which might have changed by now, but all summer when, like, duck productivity is at its highest, yeah, all of them were dry. And I'm talking from South Dakota through Saskatchewan to the Alberta border. Albert, Alberta border. Bleh. Yeah. All dry. See, this is and something so I don't that's, know how many ducks even got produced, honestly. This is my thing about this debate is, and this is my question. I have seen spectacular performances from the Mississippi Flyway, and I've seen a lot of guys in Minnesota do well. I'm wondering if a lot of those birds didn't go east. And then hit. I actually think Dude, I, I think it see, ha- see I the think light it, in your guys' no, eyes. No, I think it happened because I literally just the other day I was talking to a guy from Minnesota. He's here. He's here for the Thanksgiving time. Yeah. I saw him at the gun range, and he's like, he's like, I like your decoys in the back of your truck because I've been hunting the morning before. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah. And he asked me how my season was going. I was like, it's been probably the slowest I've ever had. And he's like, oh, I'm from Minnesota, and we crushed the mallards this year <laughs> and i was like crushed. yeah i know i've been watching all these videos from minnesota and yeah minnesota has had a lot of ducks i actually think you're right i see i don't i mean i do think we had a lot less product productivity for yeah. mm-hmm. uh, broods of ducks this year but i think we saw a lot of ducks split us yeah. and yeah. kind of shift flight because they'll do that yeah I mean, people don't really think about it that often because it takes a really, really dry year for it to happen. But the ducks, especially ducks that are, you know, obviously still alive in the early spring. Yeah. If there's not a wa- enough water, they will move. They're not going to stay there. They're not just going to sit on dry ground. So where are they going to go? Well, they're either yeah. going to fly east or west and look for water. Yeah. And this year, everything probably flew east because... Wow. That's where most of the water was this year. Because I've been seeing guys in, like, eastern Iowa that I've seen posted on, like, duck forums. Like, oh, yeah, we're doing good. Like, we sent a lot of ducks. I'm like, hmm. And I was <laughs> sitting. on <laughs> 28-man limited in Arkansas. 28-man yeah. limit of green. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Was, like, I saw that picture, too. I was like, are you kidding me? So I yeah. guess when you think back of when Arkansas was at its peak, like, 90s, that's when, like, We were Nebraska super dry. Drought, we were drought. we had so that, like, that seven, eight, that yeah. seven, eight-year-long drought. And, like, yeah. even then, like, I was sitting, uh, I've been, you know, hunting so much the last couple of weeks, I got behind <laughs> on the hunting public. I was watching the videos, catching up on them, and they're in Iowa. And every video, they're filming ducks everywhere yep. where they're hunting. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks ago when we had that rain, it hit most of the east. It was further east of us. We got a little bit of it, but, like, it hit Iowa really hard, and they got a lot of extra water. And I think that... There's just a bunch of birds in Iowa right now. I mean, I th- yeah, I completely agree with that idea. I th- I think the birds should. If I if I didn't have to go, or if I wasn't going to Christmas, I was sitting there thinking about. It. I was like, we can go uh, next weekend. That's not a bad idea. I mean, dun, from dun, from what <laughs> about the year tag and didn't like early teal? Yeah, because there's early teals for before Nebraska, and their big duck is before Nebraska. Yeah. But yeah, I know. I mean, we're close. Honestly, we're close enough to Iowa. I don't know why we haven't thought about Iowa. See, and we, 
I talked about this with Brad too because Brad's like right on the border. Mm-hmm. I've always been I've been trying to encourage him to scout going east. Well, and we'll just we'll work on him over the summer. We'll all go walleye fishing, and we'll be like, all right, <laughs> so we're gonna go to South Dakota for a week. Brad, check out Iowa. <laughs> well, it's just like it it makes sense for him because he's right he's there. right there. He just skedaddles along the border because I mean, what is he? Ten miles from the river? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's. Omaha, like yeah. Harrison Street. So yeah. You just get on the interstate. Take you five, ten minutes. But mm-hmm. here's the thing: is like we're gonna drive probably an hour thirty to two hours, regardless. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if it's east or west. I don't yep. either. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't like the smell of Iowa. But if there's birds there, that's well, where and I'm I, going. And I, <laughs> you know, it's so dumb of us. I don't know why we didn't think about that this year. With how dry it's been, with the river being right there, and Iowa always seems to get water. So it's like yeah. they're right on the. They're just yeah, they right dry in land the, a lot of their corn. Yeah, like, um, I don't know why we didn't think about that. I always am so like fixated on either heading west or going to the basin south, and I don't ever think about going to Iowa. I mean, oh, we've been fixated on going to Kansas, but Kansas hasn't even been that good. There's, dude, Can- I want a farm pond lesser beat down, oh. dude. No, just- I'm not talking like lessers. I'm talking like mallards like early season yeah. duck now there's only one guy that i know in kansas that's been doing good we talked about him freelance but other yeah. than that i really haven't seen much production out of majority of people in kansas well and even then they're slowing down yeah. like they literally got those birds that we saw at the end of october and they right. shot them at the beginning of november yeah and now i mean i think he had a decent hunt here the other day but you know who started heating up his cadillac creek they started Throwing up hundred stacks almost every day now with lessers oh, and oh with lessers yeah, yeah I just want to go south absolutely if I if I had the yeah. choice I'd love to go to I'm I really want to next year but like go with Stanfield hunting outfitters and go crane yeah. hunting and just go down there. we shot cranes in Canada for the first time this year and oh. they taste amazing dude. Uh, thanks buddy the, hey. the theory behind it <laughs> from what I heard is so like a duck or a goose spends a lot of its time with its breast inside the water right so it's got that blood yeah. flow to keep that warm and the yeah. cranes don't they have those long skinny legs and they like the flat short like or you know shallow water yeah and so they don't need that blood flow to their breast so there's not as quite as like gamey taste inside mm-hmm. of them that's interesting that yeah. makes sense. I will say you wouldn't have to talk too much to people bucket list for my dad is crane hunt so like yeah and of course we live in the one state you can't do it in the central flyway so <laughs> i know it's so like dumb. it's killer like, we don't even have that many in the fall to where it would like affect them anyways well, exactly like i saw my you first cr- we, when we were <laughs> when we were down in the basin with yeah. brad and drake that one crane we had come over us that is the only crane i've ever seen during yeah. duck season ever ever period yeah. the only one i've ever seen and i literally we all looked at it and we're like is that a crane <laughs> <laughs> so all right so now that we've managed to get off the bunny trail <laughs> bunny trails about crap eastern nebraska duck hunting let's get back to talking about the heavenland canada <laughs> but seriously all right give us a lowdown of like the decision to go to canada and what it was like so I um, messaged Ben Webster at Big Kansas. I was like, yo, like, I, if you need somebody to scout, I'm your man. Like, wow. I'm willing to get the vaccine. I'll do it. Like, I'll scout clean birds, whatever. I'm not above any of that. Yeah. And uh, he basically was like, I'm not looking for anybody, but this guy that I know really well from my hometown and is my direct competitor is, so I'm going to hook you up. 
or he didn't even hook me up with him. He just gave me a name, like not even like a Facebook profile Mm -hmm. or anything, just a (laughs) name. So I looked this dude up and he's like 29 and he's been doing Canada since he was like 18. So like the MySpace days. So his clients, like he doesn't need social media. He's not big into that type of stuff. So you look this dude up and you're like, is this real or is (laughs) it, you know? Um, But so he took a chance on me. He's like, yeah, if you if you want to get the vaccine, you know, and come up, do it. And I've wanted to do Canada since I like that's been a dream since I was a kid. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm down. Like, I don't even care what the payment is, which the payment was really good. But like, I don't even care about any of that. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm down. And it was definitely like a wake up call because at home I'm really spoiled in the fact of like you pull up Onyx and then you can look at where you are, Mark Pins like, oh, this is who owns that. There's no Onyx in Canada, yeah, and no. like we're driving sixty miles, seventy miles to hunt every day. So you're scouting a hundred twenty mile radius usually most of the time. Yeah, and, that sounds uh, like my goose hunting. Yeah, Let's without go. cell phone service or whatever, you're doing. It's all plot maps. Like mm-hmm. it's all off plot maps. So it just took a while for me to kind of like get used to that. Yeah. But dude, it, it's it's a dream come true, man. Like it's there's no, birds no, nope, it's horrible. There's nothing ever there. You don't shoot anything. <laughs> don't go there. What's <laughs> nice is the birds aren't all roosted up in one place. Yeah. You know, you can drive around. There's a hundred in this field. There's a hundred in this field. So you can find multiple feeds. And that's another thing. Scouting. I'm used to scouting in Scotts Bluff, Garing, where we run our outfitter. The, the river is, like, that's the roost. Like, there's mm-hmm. big, giant sections of it that don't get hunted. That's where the roosts are. I've grown up there. I know where they're at. Yeah. Yep. I drive the highways, wait for them to get off the roost, and just follow them where they go. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, you know, you're kind of uh, – when we were kids, we could run around and chase the X, and we still kind of do, but you kind of – have to settle for traffic a lot more now. You've you have been to in lease the area. Stuff out. You've been in the area for so long. You know. Yeah, what, like know I know what, what I'm doing. And, and in Canada, you just drive around and look for a black dot out in the field. Like you won't really <laughs> like see a big giant group of birds going into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because they're all in kind of broken up smaller groups, but it makes them way easier to hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Way easier. But yeah, waking up at 4 a.m. usually, um, driving an hour to go hunt. Either you set the spread and go scout or you set the spread and hunt, drive an hour back. That gets you back at like 11, clean birds, eat lunch, have like an hour break, go drive an hour to go hunt. By the time you get done with everything, it's like 9 or 10 o'clock. It's a long day, dude. It Like by day 30, yeah. it's like it makes you question like, dude, how much do I love this grind? But then <laughs> I, you have like a 200 bird day and you're like, dude, I, I love this grind. <laughs> I love this grind. I am this grind. You know I mean? <laughs> just look in the mirror when he does that too with the beer. You are the grind. You are yeah, the, the grind. grind. Yeah. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> some, you need some self-motivation sometimes, man. Uh, it's so it's so Because cr- they're still birds. I mean, you get your butt kicked, but luckily, I mean, there's plenty of birds, plenty yeah. of birds. It's so crazy too, like hearing that. Like, uh, it was it was funny. So like, I don't know. It was like the end of August, first part of September. I was te- like messaging you about early teal season, mm-hmm. and like, of course, I'm getting ready for season. So like, I'm watching all these videos of duck hunting, and I I love like Canada is a dream for me. Like, it's about the only thing on my list right now that's really got me contemplating getting vaccinated, dude. Yeah, so that I can go to Canada someday. Um. And, like, I've been watching all the Ungario 
Claudia yeah, videos. Yeah, it was only and about like, 80 miles from him. Really? Okay, yeah. I, see, that's what I thought. Judging by the area you were talking about, I know that's up in his area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching all those videos, and early teal season's coming around. I messaged you, and I was like, hey, we got to try and get on a hunt this year. And he's like, and Matt's like, man, I'd really love to, but I leave for Canada in a week. And I was like, you're going to Canada? Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, my and my first thing I did when I got there, well, the first day we punished the big geese in the mallards, dude, and we punished <laughs> them good, and dude. And you teased us all season because you literally, you got to Canada, you were there for like a couple days, and then you jumped on social media and you're like, yeah, I'm not posting anything until I get back. <laughs> yeah, my boss doesn't like doesn't like posting and that really? kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, I, dude, when you're running through 3,500 birds, um, and you've, you, he has his clients booked like hey, yeah he doesn't he, need, he's got his for it like just he doesn't need to fill spaces yeah and so he kind of likes to lay low and and there's if you've looked multiple people can own multiple zones so usually yeah. there's two or three outfitters per zone so mm-hmm. you the only people you're competing with is another outfitter usually and uh. you can't lease anything so everything's fair game and so a lot of the times like the stuff you're hunting they'll say yes to everybody. Yeah. So like you both could show up and well, it happened. It happened one, one day we both showed up and I mean, you just got to be professional about it and yeah. say like, and you have to have a backup plan. That's what the yeah. boss, like you have to have a backup field, like 100%. And that's, it came in handy. Luckily. Uh, I've heard of that stuff happening up there. Cause I know that yeah, all the farm, big, cause most, my guess, most of the farmers up there are, are doing peas and wheat. Yep, so it's peas, barley, wheat, and then a lot of canola, but none of the birds eat canola. Yeah, I was going to say, so those peas and wheat and, like, the the barley, like, the peas. Dude, I want to do a duck duck hunt in the peas so bad. That's the first one we did was in the peas. Oh, man, I've heard. First group is, like, 50 pintails, and it's four pintails a person, so it's like, let them rain, boys. And then they kill, like, eight of them, you're like, oh, no. Okay, we're going to have to wait for the green now. Yeah, right. But because of the density of duck, or waterfowl up there mm-hmm. the landowners hate them it's like you get yeses so easy from what i've heard even especially if even when they if, swath it when if, they swath it and the birds are going to town because basically what they're doing is they're just swathing it waiting for it to dry out so they can harvest mm-hmm. it and when they swath it and the birds are hitting it dude they, they yeah they, they hate them dude uh-huh. they don't love outfitters i mean they don't you have to like be kind of good at talking to people because like, and I get it. I mean, like if I owned a piece of ground and this guy from another country is coming to like hunt on it, use my land, I can't make money off it, but I know for sure he's making money off of it, taking it to a different country. Like I, nobody's going to be like gung ho about that. You know what I mean? So you really got to know how to talk to people and be good. Like at communicating. We're talking about South Dakota and going there next year, but, I have my one of my biggest dreams that I want to do before I die is take like seven to ten days, go up to Canada and just freelance it for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. Like because with what you're saying, like I could probably go up there and be like, I'm just freelancing, no guide. Easily. And, and people would be like, hunt them, shoot them oh, all. Yeah. No, for 100 percent. Like, <laughs> oh, I drove all the way up here from Nebraska. And, you know, we're just looking to me and my buddies are just looking to have a good time, you know. And the other people, Dive Bomb had a crazy stretch in Canada this year. I've been watching their videos from Canada this year. They whacked the mallards, absolutely destroyed them. Yep. (laughs) And I just, they had one hunt where they shot a limit of ducks, 
limited specs and like a bunch almost of a li- limit of uh, uh, Canada's, and then had mm. snows mixed in. They shot yeah. like 127 birds between six guys or something like that. And I was yeah. I was oh, yeah. watching it, losing my mind. I was like, "Are you kidding?" They were done Our best by day like, in Canada was like 220, I think. Oh, that's dude, so, it, it gets you? so stupid, dude. Like it was one <sighs> o'clock in the afternoon. And we, like, were shooting into mobs of 40 coming in. And we we're like, dude, you can shoot till 630. It's like, dude, this is going to get greasy. Oh, that's gross. Oh, I dude, can't. it was. It was <laughs> gross, dude. Laying in the spread. And so when they do that thing, you know when you're field hunting and sometimes you're sitting outside the spread in an A-frame and they get right into the hole and they're hovering at 40, so they're at 30 and they're 40 up. So it's like that's, you know, 70, 80 yards. That's a little too far. Yeah. But, dude, when you're laying in the spread, it's just 30, 30 right up, and they can, like, you can rest your gun. And so, dude, you're sitting here. Instead of a layout blind where you have to throw those yeah. things open and shoot it, you're already sitting with the gun shouldered. So when the guy calls the shot, like, shoot him, boys, it's literally like, shoot him, do, 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 like that fast. And so you always shoot four or five out of the flock, even if they hover at 30, and then it's just like, let him rain. And, and you he- know, those snow geese, they'll do that a lot. They'll, like, work and work and work all the way down to, like, 30 yards. And you just got to take what you can get, son. <laughs> and people get mad about water swatting. Yeah, Jeez. right. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to take what you can get on them snows sometimes, man. You got to stay uh, mad at them. But the specs, the specs, I mean, I've heard from a lot of people, and I've kind of witnessed it out in Scott's Bluff myself. Like, dude, I went my whole life without killing one, and in the past two years we've killed like 50 to 100 of them. Yeah, and yeah. it's like not even that. It's not even that cool anymore. Like we all have our mounted specs from Scott's Bluff and everything. Like so, and I've heard from everybody that has them. Every year they double, triple. Like there's more and more and more. So they're gonna end up being like a snow goose. We killed a couple that were 16 year old bands out of none of it. So they live a long time too. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. Why aren't they? Isn't there a rumor that they might? Uh, uh, they change, have to change the limits. They have to. See, the crazy thing is I shot my second ever down in the basin on opening really? day of duck season this year. The nice. second one I've ever shot. I shot my first one two years ago out west. That I'm actually waiting for the taxidermist to call me to go, come pick it up because it was bars all over its belly. Yep. Um, but for me, I've only since I've only shot two, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, dude, me too. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> me too, because I'm guiding in 99% of the time where I'm shooting him, so I'm not actually the one pulling the trigger. Of course, Hunter over here, he's going to Arkansas. A lot of misconception. So the really old ones, people think that, like, the black on it is how you tell how old it is, and actually it's the face right here. Really? If they, the white, so, you know, they have white on their forehead, <clears throat> and if the white on their forehead, they call it a pie face when it goes all the way around its chin, mm-hmm. like a chin strap, like in like a whole entire white face. That's a really old bird. Oh, so mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously the ones with zero stripes on their stomachs are juveniles yeah. or like that's kind of a, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that because it's kind of up in the air. Some people think they might be females. Some people think they might be juveniles. But yeah, I've heard that you can tell the age better by the whites on the face. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll have to put that to work in Arkansas this year. Oh, yeah, dude. Is it two or three down in Arkansas? I think it's it's still two. Yeah, it's two in Missouri. Probably. Dude, that was the the one thing that kind of stunk when I was down there in Missouri is we got a flock of, like, dude, a thousand of them come in. Like, you know, Mountain City, there's um, the big reserve down there, so they get up off that thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
just and it's like just that. like, dude, boys, this is going to be stupid. Like, my camera, I have the 70 by 200 in. I'm like, dude, this is too much lens. This is too much lens. I can't get all the birds in here. They shoot, rain them. The guide goes, all right, boys, the next flock, we have to shoot snows. No more shooting specs. He's <laughs> like, we can, he's like, you guys shot your limited specs. No more specs. And like, they didn't actually, a, a guide thing that uh, if you're <coughs> really experienced in the guide guiding world, you know, you know, the clients are going to shoot us back on accident. Like, you know, it's going to happen hundred percent. So when you're three away, you just tell them that you're like, we're done. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're done. Cause I know y'all are going to shoot someone on accident on this next flock. Cause they're half snows, half specs. Yeah. Nah. And on the next flock, sure enough, you know, they shoot two on accident. It's like, well, you know, yeah. Good thing for the old guy. It's special of stopping short. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I learned in Canada too. Well, and one, like in Scott's bluff, we kill good, good birds, like good limits of birds. And we have good hunts, but like you take those opportunities, you get like field mallards. Yeah. We'll get maybe three or four good ones. So when you get the groups of 50, like when the 50 come in and one or two die, I'm not going to be a happy camper. Like, yeah. I, I, like I'll be happy the girds are coming in. I'm not going to like be a, like pissed off, but like, I'm going to be like, boys, like we need to kill more ducks out of those flocks because we're <laughs> only going to get four or five big flocks like that. Like yeah. this isn't endless, like endless, endless amounts of birds. Like yeah. that was 500 birds and we killed two. Yeah. Right. But in Canada, it's groups of 40 or 50 and it's like, 20 30 groups so like you don't have to like shoot them on that very first pass and that's what i was doing at first you know and like it based it it was crazy because i evolved from like just like straight killer to like okay we need to like take our time do this like the best shot and i had one where these ducks finished at like seven yards right over the mojos kill them boys and not a single duck fell. And so I asked these guys, like, hey, you know, like, I was frustrated, man. Like, I was so frustrated. I was like, hey, what can I do to, like, was that too close? Was that too far? Um, and they're like, nope, that was perfect. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I scratched my head. Like, what are we going to do today? This is going to be bad. <laughs> I know. Vegans. They were vegans uh, from California. They were shooting Actually, ducks. Shooting ducks, yeah. Like, no, no joke? No, seriously, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't make no sense to me either. I'm literally scratching my head. Lord <laughs> have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> seriously? It was uh, for health reasons, and they weren't all vegans, just one oh, of them was. Okay. Oh, okay. They right, says well, it's for sense. health reasons. Still, um, uh, we're going to pass that one up because that drives me nuts. <laughs> but on a serious on note, next one. talking about single passes here. So, you know, last week we're hunting on Thanksgiving and next thing you know, there was a group of mallards come in and do it at like 35. And I'm like, you know, I, I, we were trying to get them like leveled up cause they were all yeah. off my side and uh, okay. Jordan. And we we're like trying to give them another pass and they just did that. Oh, see ya. And I'm like, yep. oh. shot. oops. It, uh, the hard thing is, is, if we had been in an A-frame where we were all sitting in one yeah. spot, it would have been fine. But yeah. we're, like, strung across an island wanting them to finish right <laughs> in the middle, and they went way – like, I don't know. From my angle, they didn't even look like they were really that in front of you. They were, like, right in front of Jordan, though. I, there, oh. was, there was <laughs> one really nice green head at 35 to 40, and Jordan, Jordan probably would have got one, maybe two. But I was just, it was more of that one green head that was right there. Mm -hmm. It was like oh. driving me nuts. I'm like, yeah. a, I was like a dog seeing a bird on the ground. Like, 
oh come on <laughs> just let yeah, me out I'm just that, itching for it. <laughs> that that one hurt really bad too because like yeah. we'd had a, we'd had a long like two weeks of without a good duck hunt mm-hmm. and uh just a great group of mallards and we i mean we call them right out of the heavens yep i mean they came right down they were locked up until they got and i don't i think they didn't see something they liked from like the beginning because they didn't like drop drop yep. they locked up but they were at like 60 yards locked up but with where they were like in they were sixty just yards. Break checking. Yeah. They were sixty yards up, but they were probably only thirty yards out. Yeah. And then they just dropped, but like they didn't have enough room to finish. I just yeah. That we had somebody leaves a blind on the island that we were hunting, and mm-hmm. it just it was a mess. Sticks out like a sore thumb. And yeah, <laughs> it, it, and, and that's the other part too. Is there? There's like this big hole where I don't know if like a boat blind pulled up there, but it's just like right? a, it's just like a dead probably. spot. And it just looks like a big old hole, like, yeah, I don't know. They probably built a blind area. I don't know. It's just kind of weird, but uh, either we, way, they did We had finish. a group of guys, biggest ducks, I've biggest group of ducks I've ever seen finish on the river. Like, the river we, we hunt stretches, like, maybe 20 yards across, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, like, a group of, like, 150 of them, and I was like, oh, my God. And, like, they did that. Where they go over your head, you're like, oh, man. And they do that really hard turn, and you're like, no freaking way, dude. And they finish, <laughs> and you, I, dude, I, like, Hulk Hogan, like, screamed, like, get him! And it was like, dun, 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 dun. We, two of them died. And I was like, yeah. dude, it hurt my soul. I was like, oh, my God, no. I'm so sorry. I didn't have a dog, so I was actually like legit when they came in. I was really worried. I was that like, you're man, gonna I'm going to be swimming for these things, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be swimming for these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how'd you get the other guys' outfitters started? I want to hear the story. Okay. So, Krager, my co owner, um, he, his grandpa bought a piece of river ground that we grew up hunting. And Krager, from the get go, has been really good at calling and just really good at reading birds like you know kill like what you would call a killer mm-hmm. um so he started guiding at 14 like the guide service would come pick him up or the clients would come pick him up drive him out to the goose field and he had a lot of success so he got into the guiding really young and then by the time I was like 18 he kind of got me into it a little bit here and there and then by the time I was 19 I was really into it and so we worked for a guy for a couple of years and we had enough spots on our own and Krager kind of, he had a big group of clients that they were like, basically wherever you're at, that's where I'm hunting. Like, I don't care where you're at. And this yeah. guy, he was a big cattle guy and he just, uh, long story short, we had a lot of uh, disagreements and so we parted ways. And Krager was in the bar one time and they were just like, we were kind of just messing around and Krager and another guy, they were like, you know, we should start our own outfitter and we'll just call it the other guys. So that way when people ask who who they're killing with, they'll just say, oh, we're killing with the other guys. And so that's kind of <laughs> how that started. And we, on a whim, we're just like, yeah, we got enough spots. We'll try it. And uh, we hit one of the best duck hunting streaks I have ever been on. Like it honestly, like, almost was like a sign from God. Like it just like, it happened so fast. Like we started up 
in October. And then by the end of November, I have dive bomb hunting with me, shooting a full limit of mallards in the corn, like just blowing up. You know what I mean? Like people asking left and right to book. And it's just like we doubled our price in less than two years. And it just like stair stepped so, so fast that it like, I don't know. It, it just didn't almost feel, it just doesn't feel real almost yeah. like still, you know, it's oh, yeah. something I've wanted to do my whole entire life. So yeah, it just kind of, fell into my lap and I owe a lot of it to Krager. I mean, that's, I owe a lot of it to him. He got me into it, but my dad got me into hunting like originally, but Krager's the one that kind of taught me how to like decoy ducks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was like that like light switch that flips in you. You're like, Oh my gosh. Like, Oh, that was cool. I like that better than jumping ducks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was way cooler. So what I've always been curious and I've, I've, I, ha- I haven't had a lot of experience with guides, like talking to guides. I mean, I have and I haven't, but like, what's the difference in your viewpoint or like the way you see hunting as a lens through like, I'm just going to go buddy hunting and the difference between that and being like, I'm a guide, I'm here to guide people. Like what's the perception difference? Um, well, I've hunted probably 90 times this year and I've pulled the trigger on maybe three. So you hit a point. Um, to me, I hit a point, I, like, we've been killing, I don't know, four or 500 ducks a year since we were, like, 12, 13, and so I've, I've pulled the trigger on a lot of ducks. Like, it, you know, gracefully, luckily, thank the Lord, like, we have been absolutely blessed, and we both, me and Craig are both hit a point to where we're like, dude, I get more enjoyment watching these guys like from Pennsylvania, they can shoot one a day or two a day or, you know, Florida, the dudes who never even get to shoot them. Like I get more enjoyment out of watching that or even, you know, first time hunter that everybody loves watching that, like that type of thing. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like buddy hunting when I'm going out with my buddies, like I want it to be a good hunt and I know we're, I know we're going to do good. And it's nice because when I'm guiding, I'm basically the only one calling. I'm the only one that's, moving the decoys i'm the only one going out and picking up birds when we shoot them if the hunt doesn't go good it's 90 percent on my shoulders right but when you're buddy hunting you know maybe give each other shit because you're like dude that sucked you know what i mean but like (laughs) in the end of the day it's not that big of a deal but when you're a guide it's like it, it hurts you dude it's like you know being an athlete and going out and not performing you know it's just it's doesn't make you feel good at night yeah. But you know they're wild birds and they're it's gonna happen, but it's still, you know, it's it still hurts. Yeah. But with buddy hunting as well, when you're in the blind, everybody kinda knows how each other operates, <laughs> right? Like you get multiple callers in the blind and then you get guys who are all helping each other out and like this is the snacks guy and this is the film <laughs> guy, you know, like there's like and you all know you kind of don't have to ask a million questions of like, do you think we should do this? Do you think we should do this? Like everybody kind of clicks. Yeah. And shooting, shooting with buddies (laughs) is 90% better than shooting with clients because they only shoot three or four times a year. Like they don't shoot at moving ducks very often. So sometimes you get straight killers though. Like the dudes from Arkansas, I will say like the down South boys that shoot wood ducks and stuff for fun. Yeah. Killers. Hmm killers dude wood duck hunters for fun are killers because those babies are fast but yeah, think about buddy that. hunting is a lot less stressful way less stressful i can imagine <laughs> i i don't know i 
my wife one time was like, oh, you should guide. And I'm like, no, not doing it. Micah, no desire. Micah and Trell tell me every year that I should guide. <clears throat> Where I would struggle with it is what you were talking about. If I was on a bad hunt, it would be hard, even though I'd put so much work into it, it'd be hard mm-hmm. for me to be like, well, I'm sorry we had a bad hunt, but like I yeah. still got to get paid for my time. Like, yep. And that would be a struggle for me. And on top of that, like where I live, the, trying to get access to enough land to guide around here and enough yeah. to consistently guide around here would be just a, a nightmare. A joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to be away from family pretty much. Yeah. And I will say that like say I would safely say if somebody ever offered me an opportunity in Canada like you had, Man, I don't care what I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, when he was talking, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I could do a week, but I don't know that I could do like a month or six weeks. See, It'd be too much. I, Eight weeks with no breaks. See, I used to think, but the last couple of years, that's been one issue, is I used to think I couldn't hunt consistently every single day, like regularly. But this November, between deer season, duck hunting, and pheasant hunting with <laughs> you over, I literally, I, I've... I've hunted all but, like, five or six days in November this year. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, actually, it's felt really good. Like, I had a 10-day stretch where I hunted every day in a row and worked. <laughs> like, I still had to work. That's crazy. And, and I literally was like, could I hunt every single day? And at the end of, those, like, that period, I was like, man, I think I could. I probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, you know, honestly, if I had, like, I could consistently have success for that period of time, like there's days you're going to lose, but yep. like say your success average is like 70 to 80%. Oh yeah. I could, I, I think I could swing it. And I do. Yeah. We I, averaged hard, like 60 but. to 70 birds a day in Canada usually. So it, it, it helped. I mean, it helped yeah, it just 60 out. or 70. That's it. Yeah. Just, that's it. That's <laughs> I haven't even, I haven't even shot 70 birds this year yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it, it's the land of endless opportunities, man. <laughs> they probably he, won't get here, but we like to see. He's up here will. to talk about Canada, how much success he's had while we've been down in the motherland, just struggling this year. Oh, it's it's been bad. Yeah. It's because all our birds in Louisiana, man. Oh yeah, they jumped us hard. It is <laughs> shooting limits for days. Yeah the the lesser hunting in Scotts Bluff was really good when I was out there. Um, I haven't been out there in like a week or two now, but when I left, it was good. You're just hanging out for the Excuse holidays? Or? Yeah, well, so since I did Canada, I didn't want to book everyday solid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I counted on this happening because it's happened every single year. Um, we only get one push. Yeah. And so I've been bouncing around. I've been running guys out of central Nebraska. I've uh, been hunting a lot in central Nebraska. And then um, kind of only booked guys like three or four days on and then like seven days off so mm-hmm. I can keep stuff fresh. And then here once – we move into like the middle part of December. We'll really start rolling in yeah. Scotts Bluff and we'll really um, start hunting them hard. But yeah, I'm trying to keep my lease as, as fresh as I possibly can. That's under, that, like, that's understandable, yeah. especially with how this year with has gone. Hunting, when you get into them good, you're shooting into big mobs of them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why it's fun though, yeah. but like they get educated really fast. Yeah. I will say one thing that I just noticing from all the videos that you, and I'm kind of shifting a little bit here. Um, <clears throat> one thing I've noticed from the videos you post on Instagram, whether it's on your personal account or the other guys, that I have to, like, just, it speaks volumes to me as to what kind of a guide service you guys are. You guys shoot your birds at, like, 15 yards. Yeah, no, I don't like to, I I don't like to sky bust them. I love that. 
Yeah. That, like, when you're, because you're talking about mobs, and yeah, you're shooting into mobs, but when they get to 15 yards, you're able to pick out four or five, and then you're not shooting into the mob. Like, yeah, yeah, there is a mob there, but they're breaking up, but they're not, like, I know they're closer, but because they've broken up, you're focused on a few birds, and the birds are less likely to know exactly what's going on, in my opinion. Yeah. Versus when you get a hundred right in front of you at forty five to sixty, and you're like, ah, send it. Yeah. Which. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't down talk guide services, but there's a pretty popular one in Kansas yeah. that I have an issue with that <laughs> does that a lot. And that circles back to laying in the spread, like I was saying, where you the clients can shoot instantly, so you call that shot at thirty five, knowing they'll kill five or six out of it. But yeah, no, when we hunt out of our pits and like lesser hunt and stuff, we like to finish them right in the hole and do it he'll kill as many as possible yeah but yeah no that Craiger, my co-owner he kind of like instilled that in me because he he would rather shoot five geese that decoyed perfectly than shoot 20 of them at 60 yards you yeah. know and that's just how that's just him personally and the lessers dude when we were out there and they were fresh we would set basically like a donut spread and when these things when you would get one or two of them you, you could just sit back and watch the hole lot going to him and he just looked at the clients like okay boys make this count <laughs> this is gonna don't be shoot two <laughs> shoot more than two shoot all five in one go and so we can go home. <laughs> if you don't if you don't shoot more than two i'm shooting you and yeah. <laughs> the, in the last two years i've learned more about lesser hunting probably than any other species for sure just because we keep I mean, multiplying them by, like, two and three every year. Like, with big honkers, you kind of call them low and slow, and, you know, you sweet-talk them right into the spread. But with little geese, you're basically, like, that little chihuahua in the corner of the room, like, yap, 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 yeah. just screaming at them. And uh, when they get up over, if you just – if you hit them with a uh, – hit them as hard as you can, a lot of the times they'll do that dance where the kind of the snow geese do the circle and drop right into the spread – and it, it, dude, it gets the adrenaline pumping. Like the big geese do too, because they're low and slow, and you're like, oh, here we go. But like the big geese just get so loud, you know, it's almost yeah. like you can't even hear yourself think. Like you hit a point where you're like, I'm calling, but dude, I don't even know if they can hear me <laughs> because it's so loud in here. Yeah, yeah, it gets it, it gets the roof pumping, dude. It's something that everybody needs to experience at least once. Well, lesser sure. hunting. Yes, if you feel if you feel duck hunted, it's like that, but with geese just a little bit bigger hmm. and a lot more responsive to calls. Yeah. Cause honkers, honkers, it seems like most of the time either they're going to want, they want it or they don't want it. Dude, Calling, if you shoot a, into a pack of 500 honkers, like dude, that's legendary status right there. That's a yeah. massive group of honkers. I think it's because you're, I think your graders, they're so used to just being in their family groups yeah. and oh, just yeah. doing their own thing. Whereas the lessers, I mean, you've got these massive groups of geese yeah. that like, they're so used to the noise and doing everything. It, yeah. And it let or graders are just like, nah, we're going to do our own thing. Yeah. That's well, when we struggle the most is when the graders are mixed with the lessers because the graders don't want nothing to do with the lessers, mm-hmm. but the lessers don't want nothing to do with the graders either. So it's mm. like a catch 22 of what do you set up for the stale lessers or try and kill a few big honkers. That's interesting. Cause I've like, we need weather bad. <laughs> There's uh lessers that gets m- mixed into those the honkers down here, and they 
If it's only, say it's like a five-pack of honkers and two lessers, mm-hmm. those lessers, oh, they do oh, it dirty. Yeah. If you flip the ratio, though, <laughs> and five lessers and two honkers, they're freaking, it's the medium goose, the five to seven pound medium goose. Yep. Dude, I hate that thing. I'm <laughs> mad at those keys, dude. They make my life miserable. <laughs> there's nothing, I will say, there's nothing dumber than snow geese that are mixed in with honkers. Oh, they just do it. <laughs> there's just no doubt. They just, hmm. Dude, I don't know. The ones in Canada were pretty dumb. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> but, but, yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I didn't really think about this, but. Canada having a, they're doing a spring Canada season this year. I didn't know that. Something, I've heard some rumors about that. I know there's I one know. province that does do it for locals, and I think it's like north of New York, whatever province oh, okay. is north of New York. I can't remember which one. Quebec. It's not Quebec. It's, uh, it starts with an O. Like British Columbia. Ontario? Maybe. Ontario, maybe. Could be. That might well, be British Columbia is on the opposite side. Hmm. I'm thinking... Never mind. There's moose maybe, everywhere maybe up there Chesapeake too. Bay or Chesapeake. Eh, that's that's far as I, I don't know. Just don't. Yeah. Nova Scotia. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I was on it. It just took me a minute. But sorry that I took that off of a, a derail. But that's okay. I still I forgive you. You forgive me. Even if maybe I want that hat because it's so beautiful. <laughs> so everybody's got this Bass Pro hat, and it looks like. It's like that dude, like that old guy that's been wearing the hat for like 20 years. And you know that, you, that 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 hat has seen a lot of fish and a lot of like animals killed. And you just know, you just feel the personality. I pretty much look like Bill Dance if he had painted dude, for I about a year Bill right Dance now. With the fishing pole, I am Bill Dance. Dude, uh, I break four or five a year dude, at least. Uh, I, I hate myself for it, dude. I, I hate it. See, I, I get so pissed because I love fishing, so I'm never going to give it up. But it's like, oh, my God. Why did I leave that in the back of my truck? Like, why did I do that? I gave up on fishing a long time ago. No, I legit, one summer, I lost two rods. This is what I would do. S- I'm vertical jigging for crappie. Set the rod down. Somebody's hooked up behind you. You turn around, net the fish, turn back around, and the pole is gone. You and it's like, dude, okay, I've drank a few beers, but I know for a fact it was sitting <laughs> right there. And the buddy's like, where'd you set it for real? I'm like, no, right there, dude. But <laughs> it had to have gotten snagged and drug into the water. Like, There's no way a fish hit it that hard. <laughs> it happened to me twice in one summer, dude. I was like, I almost was done fishing. All right. Worth it. Worth it. So... Do you guys pretty much go to the like flat out end of season, or do you guys? Oh yeah, you guys like bell to bell. You, you have birds all the way to the end of what is it? February eighth oh, yeah. this year. Oh yeah, and that makes we'll me keep, so mad. It we'll used keep, to be the fourteenth. Yeah, it used to be. We'll keep fifty thousand. The thirteenth or the fourteenth. Really, we'll keep fifty thousand strong all the way through. Okay, it makes me so mad. But that's because you have. 14 miles of river that nobody can hunt yeah so well they, they end up they end up getting into a pattern to where it's like oh do you guys have birds in scott's bluff oh yeah you killing nope why because they're on the same this reason field. the people in lincoln aren't killing and they have tons of big geese in town that's because they all figured out which fields they can go to without getting hunted and until we get weather to push them out yeah. of those fields one of the main issues in lincoln 
everybody, I guess everybody has to know now. But one of the main issues in Lincoln is there's so many fields around town that are being developed that there are certain fields that are getting farmed that are going to get developed in the next year to yeah. year or two that they all just pack up on those fields. I've been watching. No one can hunt. Yeah, and the same just, thing happens in Scottsbluff. They just pack into fields so to where nobody can hunt them, and then it's like you're. That's why you har you like harbor them all years because like they aren't getting hunted. Yeah, I've been watching two hundred locals just west of town, and uh, they yeah, right where I work, they fly over. I haven't worked there in a month or so, but it, it's a new developed area, and they fly over every day. Yep. And I know there's bands in it. Of course there yes. is. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> Sorry, don't call But I was, I was talking to, see that? I was driving back with a co- co-worker back to work, and I was like, it's the first week of December. Like, we should have cold weather, and the creek next to my work, like there on 27th, should be absolutely crap full of geese, and there's nothing. That's another thing I haven't done since I was a kid is warm. We have warm water creeks in Scotts Bluff, and it's never, like, if it gets, so our river will never freeze, but if we get that weather where it's, like, high of single digits, yep. a little bit of slush will float down it, and the warm water creeks, because the ducks don't really mm-hmm. like that slush, the yeah. geese don't care about the slush, really. They sit on the sandbars anyways, but the ducks don't love the slush. So those warm water creeks, dude, we've had we've had hunts to where guys run out of shells. Like it's stupid how good it is. Like have you seen the videos from Dive Bomb when they yeah, yeah. hunt that? Like we there's stuff like that in Scott's Bluff. It just hasn't gotten cold enough to hunt them in yep. five, six years. It was I remember three or four years ago, it was a uh, second week in January. It did that? There's a storm that came in. It went into the negatives, and there was a mm-hmm. warm water slew that we hunted, and there was like those are the best two hundred milers like trying to. They want like, it so bad. They dude. they like dump into like a blue this like maybe ten yards wide, mm-hmm. like five ten yards slide, and it's like, oh, 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 <laughs> which one do I shoot? Oh, There's too many here. Yeah, <laughs> we had a group of guys to where Craig calls. This is the guy that we worked for and that we quit. This was actually the year that we quit, and he uh, called the owner. The owner got really drunk the night before. Um, like, dude, you need to get the clients out here. The ducks are like diving into the spread like we're gonna start shooting them if they're not here the the clients got super drunk with with the guy the night before and he they get there and Craig's like okay these guys are like really really wealthy so like try not to get on them really hard about anything you know like we can probably get a good tip out of these guys and uh i was like how much how much money do you think they have and he's like watch this and they got there he's like how much cows do you think this how much cows do you think you own and he's like in nebraska or like total he's like total he's like i don't know like four or five million and i was like oh my god what <laughs> what yeah, and we can i have a cow for my I tip <laughs> yes that'd be sweet we smashed them dude yeah those hunts can be the most memorable hunts because like as kids that's like it was easy to do. Like you only needed a dozen decoys, and like you didn't even need a spinner half the time. You yeah. know, it's just like you just oh, walk out there in the knee deep snow, yeah. sit in those cattails, and just wait for them to come in. Like that's how it all started. You know, the good old days. The good old days. We had we hunted. Crager's grandpa bought that river ground, and we had basically what they haul gas in. They cut it in half, and buried it in the ground, so we could put ten, twelve in the blind every single week. Yeah. And I mean, granted. We wouldn't shoot a 10 to 12 man limit every single week, but like back in the heyday, like mm, 2011 to 2015, I would say, 
we would shoot 20 to 25 mallards every single weekend. Like we didn't go scout the fields. We didn't do anything else. We would just hunt mallards in the pit every single weekend. And we would shoot 40, 50 every weekend. And that was good enough for us. We killed, you know, 500 throughout a year, four or 500. We'd go eight, nine times. Call it good. Yeah. That was good enough for us. Here's we wouldn't even start till after Thanksgiving back when I was a kid. Oh, and then now we start shooting lessers like that November 9th. And like the hunting gets stale by December 25th half the time. Cause January you can take your flip flops and go open water, fish the walleyes, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I know it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. <laughs> my, heart, my, heart, my heart hurts actually hearing these stories. Cause I didn't get into duck hunting until like, End of high school. Mm-hmm. I see my junior year, so that was eight years ago. Yeah, I've been duck hunting for eight years. Yeah, I did. And like everyone I talked to, it's like I missed the really good or some prime, like awesome hunting. Like if I had started duck hunting when I was younger, because I've been deer hunting my whole life. But, yeah. But it's just boo. it used to. We used, nah, to get, <laughs> we used to get a solid week or two of really cold weather. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was in when I was in middle school, the time that we got off for Christmas break, it would be cold that whole entire time. Like you would not want to even go outside cold. Well, I can think of several years when I was in middle school or early high, like my freshman year of high school on this side of the state, we got almost two foot of snow that yeah. year. I can only imagine. And like I was hunting deer in two feet of snow, so it's not yeah. like the season was over. I got ruined for mule deer hunting when I was a kid. Uh, see, ruined. Yeah, I dude. shot. I shot my first mule deer a couple weeks ago, and I'm juiced. Uh, the freaking shakes. I was jacked. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even. It was a public land deer, so it wasn't huge. But I literally. But dude, that still worked though. Oh, like it, huge or not huge, it's not like yeah. Number one, the season's only eight days, so you're like competing against so many people. Yeah. And so it's not like, it's not something that I think that I could just like, oh, I bet you I could go do that easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've hunted in my whole life, but I'm like, I don't know. But it definitely. We, we were going to talk about, we kind of said something about this, but I talked to uh, a client of mine that said he hunts out in a, a private area for mule deer. And like, he's got my, like a massive buck, like, mm-hmm. and he, he said he had the same issue you guys did. Like, that normally he gets, like, he sees about 500 deer, like, a night in packs of, like, 50. Mm-hmm. He said it, if you saw 50 deer a night, it was a good day. Deer, yeah. The deer disappeared this year. I've yeah. been hearing reports in certain areas that they're down 40%. Yeah, I actually have experienced the opposite. I pulled the – so normally, like, the past four or five years, like you said, they've been going down, down, down. And then on the private ranch that I hunt – Last year, I shot one, like, right at first light. Like, boom. We shot a full limit of lessers, like, four days in a row before that. I was, like, split reads coming down. One of the big marketing people on Instagram, I want to do that this afternoon. We're getting a deer killed this morning. And saw good numbers. And then this next, this this year, we saw really good numbers, and I did the same thing. But I got ruined for mule deer hunting. My very first one I have up on the wall is an 8 by 9 and it scored 189. And it's, like pop can thick all the way through the top like this thing is 
a Mac daddy. <laughs> and so like it's hard for me to get like I get juiced like I want uh, I want to see other people shoot one That's yeah. what I, I like seeing my little brother shoot one or like everybody else because I Mean here's the thing I like doing it, but I don't in order to shoot a 200 inch mule deer You can't do it three days out of the year yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like unless you have lots of cash if you have lots of cash to pay prairie rock and say hey I want to shoot 200 inch mule deer. Here's ten thousand dollars Probably you'll get it done but well, the I, average dude, if yeah. you want to shoot a 200-inch mule deer, that could take five years of work. Well, I think it, I, I would guess it would just depend on the area and, like, your herd of deer. Because some herd of deer, I, from my understanding, got CWD and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. But no, some, for sure. some of them didn't. It just depends. And our, ours did. Ours is just slowly, I think, on the uh, incline. But it's one of those things. I wish I had a camera when I was younger we when I killed my deer, it was blowing super bad snow, and the guy who uh, owns the ranch is like the dude off of the ranch, the TV show with the big handlebar mustache, and he's old like that. And he raises collide steel horses, which for people who don't know, that's the Budweiser horses, yeah. those big you know ones that they do in the commercials. And he's Santa in the parade every year, so he's got a big sleigh. So he had him hooked up to the sleigh because the four-wheelers in the trucks would get stuck and dude it was like out of a movie the snow was blowing and we got this big giant mule deer in the back we're riding santa's sleigh on like with collide steel horses it was honestly <laughs> it's like a painting dude like it was insane so i've been so blessed like in that aspect i've killed a deer every single year and i've never killed a whitetail like ever and that's really? not something that like a lot of people can say you know like it's, I mean, that's special for sure. I know that you got you're hunting the Scotts Bluff area, but you've got all that river and you've never shot a mule deer or a whitetail. No, uh-uh. really? I've never had the I, desire to. I know there's big whitetails in that area too. Oh, there is. My co-owner shot a massive whitetail on his grandma's place, but yeah, I've never. Uh, I like to spot and stalk, dude. I don't want to sit in the stand. I, I, I love it too. I, I really, I really do love. Once spot you and get a taste of it, dude, it's like, man, that was fun. That's why that I like. Was fun. That's why I like using my muzzleloader because you're kind of restricted to like. You still got to get pretty close, but. You can move around still because mm -hmm. you have a rifle in your hands. Yeah. I love it. But um, All right. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I got one more question for him since yeah. we're talking about the deer hunting. Have you guys ever thought about expanding with whether it is different areas for the waterfowl? I'm talking about the other guys. Or, uh, you know, I, don't, I know that Nebraska kind of blows for upland game, generally speaking. Or deer hunting. That's a secret that I've kept to myself, but I have I have a ranch um, that's like forty thousand acres that is full of wild pheasants, like a wild pheasant limit. I don't advertise it, yeah. But when people ask me about it, we have a place that we can shoot the crap out of them. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I like low key. We have been wanting to expand, and I think next year you guys will see. Something big because and uh, I mean that's really awesome to hear because you always hear about these guide services is like yeah you start with one thing but it eventually kind of gets to the point where you almost can't keep up with just that yeah. so you have to expand and you're in an area I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't call it the mecca of Nebraska it's pretty damn 
I don't know. Dude, that, 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 that special. Yeah, it is. That it's North special, that man. North Platte area can be it's really, really, really special. Good. But the Scotts Bluff area is extremely special. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, you get the best of some. The other thing, I mean, with all that river, I mean, turkeys. I bet you guys get turkeys galore down in there. That's another I know, thing. I know every time I drive, because, th- like, I've, I go through that area so often because I have family up in Washington and I like to go to Wyoming and I can't drive through Scott's Bluff without seeing turkeys like that area. Yeah, no, they're, they're, it's definitely full of them over there and for sure. And I have like 80 or 90 people a year ask me about turkey hunts. Hey, if you ever do turkey and you need another guide, holler at your boy. All right. Cause I love turkeys and I, I'll, I'll guide the crap out of turkeys. Like confession, I've actually never killed a spring tom, ever in my okay. whole entire life. We kept talking about going last year. But I know. I've actually, I've happened. legit never killed one. I killed one in the fall when I was young. When I killed my first pheasant, and the same day, my grandpa's like, "All right, we're gonna go kill a turkey." And this this lady, I, dude, they they literally were sitting on this lady's road. And we drove the truck up like 50 yards. <laughs> I got out of the truck and there was just a mob of them just sitting there like looking at me. So I aimed my little 410 in the middle of the mob and miraculously one of them fell. And I had never shot one before. My grandpa's like 80 years old. So he's just sitting back in the truck and, you know, it's doing like the yeah. flop thing. And so I was scared. I was like trying to put like trying to kill it dead. So yeah. I just kept shooting it like boom and it's doing the flop. Your young old mind doesn't know that things actually dead. It's yeah. just they take so long to yeah, like just fully to, yeah, just yeah. give in, I guess you could say. But I, I would yeah. say your your experience with turkey is probably somewhat of mine because like growing up there was literally turkeys everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like out the backyard, like wherever we deer hunted, like there's turkeys everywhere. Yeah. So like it was never like a, a, a current thought to me like Oh, I just really want to go hunt turkeys, but yeah. like people who have never experienced or been around turkeys, they're like, "Oh yeah, like that's just like the yeah. mecca." And he's like, "Oh yeah, we, we need to go." And I'm just like, "All right, okay, okay sorry." Yeah, let's some go. of some of us grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> their entire life, and weren't hey, blessed with living. There's some out west. 27th and Superior. Oh yeah, every 27th morning, and P- right by the church. <laughs> go praise, yeah. praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you no. might have to hit him like you know with a truck, like yeah. That, that deer, but like, I guess. <laughs> all right. So what I'm here. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, is uh, if you decide to do turkeys, I'll help guide, and we'll also go to Hunter and find anywhere else that you've got turkey land. We'll just guide a bunch of turkeys in the spring. Everybody wants to shoot a Merriams. That's <sighs> what I've learned. Yeah, yeah I've been wanting I too. to expand. I haven't shot a Canada like makes that hard to expand, just because I'm kind of gone September. In October, kind of like a really good month. I have really good elk hunting ground. If I get elk grant, if I get elk clients, I have really good ground for what? elk. So what I've been wanting not, to expand. What do you want? Uh, what what unit? North Upper Platte, the North Platte unit. My grandpa um, delivers parts for Caterpillar in the the unit that's south of North Platte, which is. Yeah, I, I, I try don't know what unit that is, but if you're I talk about it, South and North Platte, yeah, like it's the, it's yeah. uh, I know what you're talking about, but isn't that the one your dad had? No, he had. It's North hard Platte. to get a tag in that unit, but my grandpa has some really good places yeah. to go. So I, I'm I wanting to get one in that unit for sure. But the uh, the my deer hunting place, I see elk every year. See, I I apply in Hat Creek or yeah, Hat Creek, which, which is north, is, right? Uh, the Pine Ridge area. Okay, like, and I I have a ranch that I have access to. And my uncle had a cow tag. I pull for a bull tag every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, 
my uncle got a cow tag this year, and we were up there, and I saw a 380-inch. Oh, yeah, dude. With a group of cows, like, absolutely giant. Yeah, I've been wanting to go after one of those. There's a... That area is not too far from where the state record was shot. Yeah. And uh, the state record's, like, 407 or something like that. Something Mm -hmm. stupid. And it was with a bow, which... (laughs) Which is insane. Which, when I pull my tag... I will try probably for a week with my bow. Yeah. Because I want to bugle a bull into 20 yards and feel the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Yeah. And then punch an arrow right through his heart. Yeah. <laughs> what they do out in Scott's Bluff uh, is the elk all live in the standing corn, and so you just wait until the guy combines his field and mm-hmm. sit on the edge of the field and wait for him to combine it. <laughs> you guys. That's, that's like exactly what happened to us. We were supposed to do an elk podcast, but, like, we stood at the edge of the field, so – Right across from us, there's a cornfield, and the catty corner, there was, like, a weird, like, winter wheat kind of, or, yeah. like, wheat Sorghum stubble. or something. Yeah, and uh, he would, like, pop out of the corn and, like, walk straight at us, but yep. we get to tell the full story in another old podcast. <laughs> I'll give you the I'll give you the full grass, but... But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't push too many people, but you're literally in the area to, like, start a big, uh, like guide service oh yeah and you yeah. got it sounds like you got the connections which again i anyone listening to this i watch matt's story and i think about like driving up there almost every day to shoot <laughs> geese with you like i, I literally i watch That's all the geese time. i watch all the geese that they kill and i'm like man Got, I'm mad they've got a, sure. they've got a thousand geese coming at them right now. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it helps having so much refuge. And it un, like the unfortunate part about it is like the average guy out there, it, it's hard for them to hunt them now because mm-hmm. you've got so much money tied up. All the farmers want money, and that that sucks to be in that situation. To, like as like for me, I have access, but that's because I can pay pay the farmers what they want you know i have guys coming in and out and so i have a just i can justify that expense yeah but like for the average guy just trying to shoot some geese on the weekend like dude it's it's to the point where it's like dude like you know it's like that's the only hobby you're gonna be able to afford all year if you're and you can lease one field and you just have to be happy with that one field all year long and so it kind of sucks for that because you know that that's how I got into it. Yeah. It's like as a kid, my buddy Jeff was a farmer, Craiger was a farmer, and then another kid in my group was a farmer. So before Onyx was a thing, we would just drive around, and I would call my friends like, "Hey, I'm on 35, and and yeah. who who owns the field caddy corner? Oh, that's blah blah blah. I'll call them up really quick, and yeah. they'd get on it. You know, they'd be like, "You want to shoot geese out there? I mean, I guess you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, dude, trust me, I wouldn't be calling if there weren't geese out there. Like, yeah, I know, but now." You know, like it's gotten so popular. Um, and Colorado is only like like the distance you guys would drive to say hunt something south of Grand Island. That's what guys from Colorado can drive to hunt my stuff. And so they pay a lot of money to hunt too. So it's gotten why to the would, point. Why where would it you costs, do that when you can hunt the front range? I was gonna say. Well, the front range is wrapped up in the front range is even more expensive, and there's not as many ducks. Well, they then, want ducks. Well, tell them oh, to stay over there anyway. Want, I, don't I, want, can, I can. I can. Colorado understand. can stay over in Colorado. I understand. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, that's that's I, where a lot of the big roosts come hate from. To say is Colorado it, guys. But like, I have, I have a personal vendetta against people from Colorado because there's so much ground 
So I grew up in North Platte, mm-hmm. and there's so much ground that came in, and, and people would come lease it out from yep. from Colorado. Colorado. And you'd hear about this Colorado doctor, this dentist. So I have like a yep. personal vendetta, like get get out of the state. That's Don't get me wrong, people from Colorado are probably well. nice, but like it's like no. Yeah, take your big money somewhere else. Get get gone. So like when we pulled up to in El Gulala, <laughs> no, we saw this no. all this compl- Colorado plates. I completely and I like, get it. Like get yeah, the here. farmers want to get paid. Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, I I completely understand it because <laughs> when I see Colorado, when I see out of state people, I mean, it it is what it is. But yeah, I'd, especially when I see states that it's just like, man, you have such better hunting, like than, Michigan. Yeah, like why would you come here for opener when you could be in Michigan? I mean, I get it. They probably get tired of shooting divers, and they probably want to shoot some puddle ducks. But well, I would go straight west to North Dakota or something like that. See, and that's that's my thing, like. Or north uh, into Canada. Well, even your Colorado people, Wyoming is kind of an underestimated oh, state, dude, yeah, especially for ducks. Yep. Especially for ducks. Like, yeah, um, it's, you it's, can't shoot geese afternoon in Colorado, or I mean, in Wyoming. So we compete with Wyoming Outfitters as well because they'll, really? they'll come I over into Scotts Bluff that. and shoot geese in the afternoon because they can't do that in Wyoming. So I was I was gonna ask that how like I I feel like I talked to you at one point last year and you were like having an issue getting leases like yeah i compete in two counties there's about eight guide services in two counties so the big one i think about that i know up there is angel wings yep you compete with them a lot oh yeah direct competitors direct competitors yep i and i know you guys are on a real good pace i think to become a good size guide service yeah angel wings has been around what 15 yeah, they've been around, they've been around 10 now. or 15 years at least, yeah. And I know that they got a lot of help hunting with uh, the grind. Yeah, like the grind, Scott Thrine in that the, Walt gear. The grind goes there every year. They, they lo- used to, not anymore. Uh, they don't go there anymore? Uh, no. No, uh, I... Something, something happened. happened. Something, oh, we'll yeah. just, we'll just right. skip that <laughs> out. Yeah, we'll skip that. All right, all right. I don't want you to get murdered because you have date <laughs> night tonight. What I've been told, Fancy so I better get like off Applebee's. the podcast. So before we get off, go ahead and uh, the other shout your social medias out, and then whatever available dates you've got and going. Give you this, have. give this, sorry, give this a big old fat like so we can get him back after duck season and goose season ends. We'll yeah, have right. another oh, yeah. like three hour long uh, podcast. Oh yeah, you can follow along at the other guys outfitters on Instagram. Um, my personal is at Ice fifteen. Um, the season should be rolling up if we get cold weather. I have some dates December 14th through the 17th and January 13th through the 15th. And I can squeeze if it's like one or two guys, I can squeeze you in a couple places. But yeah, um, basically anytime we get snow, that's when you're going to want to be down there. That's when it's going to get good. That's when I want to go west. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll, get, hard, it, we'll get it done. We'll like, get it done. Because you guys don't work weekends, right? No. So, yeah, the next weekend you see a cold front. That's the weekend we need to do it. Because there's birds there, but they act a lot a lot better when there's a cold front. Well, man, east down here, when it snows, they just, oh, they get so dumb. I know. I'm going back west to bury a couple pits this weekend so we can hunt in style, too, which is nice to have. This whole conversation about geese has been really rough for me because, like, (laughs) I love geese. I haven't been much of a goose hunter until last year. I shot the most geese I'd ever shot, which Mm -hmm. I know uh, it was only like eight. So, but I've been a duck hunter through and through for years, and I just started getting into goose geese last year and become really good friends with Hunter, and he's got so much goose access. 
around here. Talk to you. All these lessers. I just want to get on one of these. Dude, the lessers. It's a it's a good time. Dude. I'm like, like patiently. Honestly, you know when you shoot a, a big goose and you hit him in the wing or the butt or whatever, and it just sails, and you're like, oh no, dude. The the little geese are wimps, man. Like, they're like, like ducks. Oh, dude, yeah. If you hit it, it's going down. Going so, down. Uh, I wish. Yeah, I wish. Honkers are not that. They are tanks, man. Oh, you yeah, could dude, shoot you them could, back in the guts. You could see feathers <laughs> flying, and they're just like, oh, I'm good. Well, yeah. that one you shot a couple weeks ago. Right? I still yeah. can't believe that thing didn't go down. Yeah. No, I sh- and that I, shot, really nice I shot one right after season opener. I was out by myself just for an evening hunt. I hit the thing three times, and it kept going. Yep. I was like, are you? Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I like shooting geese in the field because they're like it. You communicate with them a lot more than ducks. Honestly, it's probably you probably shouldn't get me on a good goose hunt this year because I may never shoot ducks again. <laughs> I don't know. I man. love no. Nah, I love shooting ducks, but the first mallard hunt of the year. I mean, if anyone doesn't get absolutely like juiced, like boys are back in town blaring all the way on the every, stereo, every then year. something is seriously wrong with you when i shoot the green heads almost every, you can look you can probably look back through my instagram history of somewhere about the end of october is when i shoot my first group of mallards almost every year i <laughs> that's my caption boys are back in town yes <laughs> almost sir every, almost every year <laughs> yes sir all right let's go ahead and get off here uh before we get going uh, make sure to jump on to our listener page, the Big Green Hunters Podcast. Uh, we're going to have a giveaway going on with uh, uh, E. Hoover Custom Calls. He's going to make a call. we got to sit down with him and do a podcast. Um, that'll be coming up here quick. Uh, we also have a couple giveaways that I'm thinking up here too. So just uh, don't want to miss out on that or the miss on the drops of our uh, our podcast. So we appreciate you guys listening. Matt, I appreciate you stopping by with your busy schedule, and we'll do it again for sure this, I don't know, spring, summer. Well, oh, yeah, we'll get her done. When you're back in the spring, just hit me up when you're back in town because I'll take you out for some snow goose hunts. Oh, dude, or if we, or if we do, that. if we do make it up there, we should take all the podcast stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be a really good idea if we if we are able to get up there. Do it from the goose pit? Yeah. I mean, you know how you manage that, but... We'll figure it out, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, you uh, can't kill him from the couch. So <laughs> if anyone's listening that's uh doesn't want to go, can't kill him from the couch. Call, just, Matt, uh, call Matt. He'll put you on geese. <laughs> I, would, yes, I would just like to be in the middle of a conversation and be like, wait, give us a second. Bah, 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 yeah, bah, right, right. And get back. <laughs> okay, guys, we're back. I did, that, yep. I, did, I did that to Micah when we were out. When we shot those mallards that one yeah. day, I was on the phone with him. I was like, hold up. We got like five mallards dropping them decoys. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, hey, did you come on? Yeah, we killed them all. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys, for listening. I appreciate it. And have a happy season. Please start praying for a cold front. We really need Amen. it. <laughs> Amen. 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 All right, guys. See you later.